Hey guys, this is Rob and welcome to question number 11. What's the difference between familiarity and a loss of passion? It's my interview with Ben Gowell drinking Lefroy tenure. That was a literal stumble over my words. Anyways, this is a great conversation. Ben is one of the wisest people I know. Here's a clip of what we end up talking about. Just grumble. Hey guys, and then by the end you're like, (laughs) (laughs) what's the point of life? (laughs) That's how you sound. Uh, Do I enunciate too much? Am I still enunciating too much? You just don't sound like a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) All right, whatever. And you use your hand like that. Yes, that's what you do. What is the point? Of life. Stop mouthing things. <laughs> I don't, I, that's not even the name of this question. I know. All right. But that's like Dude, basically. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to, at this point, I'm not even going to give the preview of the conversation. Just play the freaking theme song. Me? Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. Okay, I thought it'd be funny to share. Do I wait till the airplane is done flying over? <laughs> Do you have a, a specific intro noise that you want to make every time you're on? Snoop. Maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's not. I'm not going to do that, though. Uh, it's too late. You already did it. <laughs> okay. I thought it'd be funny to talk about this weekend since last episode. What happened? Man, there's another plane. I'm just going to keep talking over these planes it's and fine. the children outside. I. What happened last week, Rob? What did you do? Thursday morning. I had some time off and I just decided I'm going to take the entire morning before noon off this Thursday. And one of the things I decided to do was sit out in the backyard for like just 40 minutes. It was like 10, 30, 11. And I sat outside without a shirt on in the sun and just read. And it fried me to a crisp. (laughs) (laughs) Starting to feel better. We're in the itchy phase of the sunburn. Your experience the past four days living with me with the sunburn. If eye rolls had a sound, it would be all you could hear right now coming from me. <laughs> what does that even mean? What sound do eye rolls make? <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to create a sound for eye rolls, what would, you, what would that sound sound like? Oh, uh, maybe something like, I have to practice. I have to do a couple eye rolls. Womp! <laughs> like that. <laughs> all right. I hate making sounds. Um, okay, so sunburned Rob is like if a, a collectible porcelain doll were to come alive <laughs> and be aware of its fragile existence 
That is Rob with a sunburn. Uh, and by that, I mean it's the worst. You didn't even have that bad of a sunburn. <laughs> it was bad. I had a sunburn on my legs a couple weeks ago that was red for a whole week, and I never complained. Oh, man. This is just a public service announcement. <laughs> this is just a public service announcement. <laughs> it, the sun's getting hot out there, folks. Put sunscreen on. I'm not going to leave this in. This is so dumb. Hey, do you want a beer? Do you want to get it or do you want me to get it? I'll get it because I'm closer. All right. Do you want the wheat one? Yes. Here you go. Careful, you sunburn. <laughs> I don't. It's light. I don't always drink beer when I'm recording an intro to these podcasts, but when I do, it's a Guinness. You always drink beer when you do these, and oh. it is always Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to our friends at Guinness, we're going to be trying. It's a Guinness Irish wheat. Has a little bit kind of Belgian yeast smell, surprisingly. Huh. A little bubble gummy, a little okay. banana. I don't know anything about this though. I'm assuming it's like a zesty citrus, subtle clove, and banana notes. It says. Oh, I thought it'd be more like a a wit, like full-bodied wheat beer. Oh, cheers. Slancha. <laughs> right? That's what yeah. they say. <laughs> Is that it's so matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's like a light beer with a little character. It's good. I like it more than I thought I would. I would agree. I wouldn't necessarily reach for it if I want a light beer. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily, uh, you know, <laughs> drink it if I wanted beer, but... <laughs> it's got to be a better way. Okay. I was talking with Ben, uh, and while we were talking, and while I was driving to my conversation hang interview whatever you want to call it i usually don't play any music on the way there and I'm, i just think about the person i'm going to interview and just our relationship if i know the person and i've got some interviews coming up where i've never met some of these people and i'm really pumped about these however ben i've had a relationship for a long time and i was trying to define that relationship because that's what we do just that's your nature or? I don't know. I feel like I always am. Like I'm always trying to put something into words or define something. Mm. Um, so I was defining my relationship with Ben and I came up with this word, this phrase. And tell me what you think. Tell me if you think this is cheesy. Ben to me is a peripheral mentor. Mm. And by that I mean this. He is someone who is not necessarily a mentor to me musically one-on-one -on -one, like maybe say like an ian who i interviewed we haven't done a lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff but a lot of my really cutting my teeth musically scenarios he's been a part of that he's been in this i've done a lot of sessions with him where i've gotten to work with him and learn from someone that's older than me is that a good definition for it someone that is not necessarily a one-on-one -on -one experience but someone who just their existence and they are so confident in who they are and such a solid person that they can't not rub off on you in a positive way. Yeah. So that's it. I've got a history with this guy. And because of that, this conversation goes deep. So this conversation is all over the place. We talk about music. We talk about relationships. We talk about marriage. <laughs> what are you making faces about? I'm being <laughs> so There's people outside. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyways. So this goes Sorry, deep. We, deep. We, yeah, we talk about a ton of stuff. <laughs> also, we ended up talking about, I don't know if I'm going to keep this in the, the podcast, uh, November, and kind of what that looked like for me. Was that last November, though, or the year before? No, that was this last November. Mm. Feels like a long time ago. You are a whirlwind. Oh, my gosh. 
porcelain doll. <laughs> All right. Let's get to it. This is a longer one because I'm keeping a lot of the conversation that we had in here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so silly right now. Oh, I love it. Do you want to talk about where you met at? Or did you yeah. already do that? I'm not for sure. It's such a cool not. spot. Yes. We met the Happy Gnome in St. Paul. You've been there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> met the Happy Gnome, drank Laphroaig 10-year scotch. As I told Ben when he was in town, I owe him a scotch. So that's it. Here it is. Let's get to it. My conversation with Ben Gowell at the Happy Gnome, drinking Laphroaig tenure. <laughs> what? I just feel like laughing. <laughs> uh, are you sure this Guinness is only 5%? <laughs> I haven't even had half a bottle. Oh, all right. Anything else you want to say before? Tastes like mother's milk. Made of more. That's all I know. <laughs> all right. Let's get on to my interview. Thanks for hanging out with me, Hopi. Yep. Oh, great. <laughs> that, was such a, that was such a cool experience, man. I was green just out of college. Had the opportunity to go down there, audition with both those people. It was such an honor. And it was such a big part of my journey, like cutting my teeth on a real drive to Nashville, load up my guitar amps, my guitars in my car. By yourself. Dri- drive down. Jen came down with me for one Okay. Of them. But yeah, the other one, I went down by myself, stayed at a friend's house in town, got up, did the audition, and uh, yeah, I'll never forget it, man. It was like a just a, such a part of shaping me, going, okay, I can, I can do this, man. I can show up, bring the best, show up prepared, do my yeah. best. It was just a good like icebreaker for me, and yeah. I think I think I want to keep doing music at a high level. It was yeah. it was encouraging, even though I didn't get either one of the gigs. Okay. I was doing other music stuff along the way, but those two were were I guess they were the first two like rejections in a sense of like you're not yes. gonna, you're not going to get it but they so, weren't they weren't devastating i was they weren't doing, devastating that's what i was going to ask not at all man okay. i was still doing other other music stuff yeah. that i really loved okay. and i recognized i was still growing as a musician anyways i was yeah. just honored to get the shot at all 23 year old punk kid decent guitar player but you know yeah and so it really i walked away from those going man grateful for the opportunity um, not bummed and more opportunities going to come cuz i love doing this i'm going to keep doing it yeah yeah man that's interesting cuz i didn't know you, you just never know. You, you go down there, you audition, you drove all the way to, down to Nashville. And I just wonder what that drive back is like. Because everybody processes that different. So your drive back, especially the one time you're alone, you did this audition. Like, how are you processing that? And it's cool that you were like took it positively. Well, they didn't tell me until like <laughs> okay, a, a week so later. Okay. It was like, hey, we'll so call you. Driving you. Home, hey, like, okay. Hey, don't call us. Okay. We'll call you. Yes. Okay. Okay. So it wasn't like you were driving. So the drive home, back was like, like, man, I think that went pretty good. Yeah. I don't know. The Asian <laughs> thing was a little funny, but I think yeah. uh, I think I got a shot. Yeah, I think we were joking about it, kind of on the same level. Right. I, think we, I think we connected, man. Yeah, I think we connected. So <laughs> I think I think I got it. I've got I think a chance. We, I think yeah. Oh man. So the drive back was good, man. It was all, and then got the call a week later. Of course, a little disappointing in the time. Yeah. But now, my, are my, you playing that down? I'm really not, man. Okay. I'm really not playing it down because my roots were getting pretty deep in Minneapolis yeah. anyways. Yep. Lots of local artists I was working with that I loved, really respected. Mm-hmm. I was growing as a player in the studio, just starting to do session stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I was disappointed, but not not like, oh, man, what am I doing with my life? It was more like, okay, awesome. I know It I, wasn't, I, like, discouraging. Okay. No. No, I know I got room to keep growing as a player, and I'm going to keep, that's exactly what I'm going to keep doing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Man, have you always naturally been, have that, just naturally, just confident the right things are going to open up for me? 
Yeah, well, I, I attribute a lot of that to my parents. Generally yeah. speaking, yeah. Uh, all of my upbringing and into my 20s and into my early music career, yeah. I do feel like I had a lot of, not, not, not uh, I don't think unhealthy confidence, but just more of like a, just the love for doing it. Yeah. I would separate it out as like an unhealthy thing potentially being... I'm driven off of either whether it's money or just success or people looking at me like I'm yeah. cool versus I just really love doing this and want to do as much of it as possible because yeah. it makes me excited it makes me come alive yeah. and I love getting to do it relationally with other people who I respect so that was the side of it I really felt I had a lot of it and a lot of that I attribute to my parents yeah. upbringing of just believing in me encouraging me to try things yeah. never discouraging me from trying new things um, I really give a lot of that healthy confidence uh, I attribute that to them yeah truly that's cool. yeah and try to tell them so as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Man, it's all like, just Father's Day. Yeah, so Father's Day. Pops, man. I just yeah, just wrote him a note. Thanks for, thanks for doing it. Thanks for believing in me and unconditionally loving me. I mean, that's that's what I want to oh, do for man. my own kids now, man. Yeah. That, I, I just recognize now more than ever the fruit of that in my own life and what that's meant. In my twenties, I didn't really recognize it. I always yeah. loved my parents. Was always grateful for it, but I didn't realize. Until maybe even now in my 30s, looking back and going, huh, a lot of that like free-spirited love for what I do, open-heartedness towards people, yep. excitement was because they invested in me yeah. heavily that way. Believe Man. in me. I will say my parents have always been super supportful with me on that. Just follow like your dreams to do music, never questioning when you're going to get a real job or any of that stuff. Yeah. So I really attribute that. Yeah, I'm grateful, man, because I, I re recognize that it's not normal. Like a lot of, because if, uh, it's understandable it's too. As a normal. parent, I'm like, I want my kids to do well. I want them to have a good future. I want them to be set up for success. So it's like encouraging them to do something that's kind of fringe as far as like money making <laughs> yeah. or stability. Like, yeah, go be a musician. <laughs> totally. A lot of, a lot, I mean, that's that's tough. That's tough for especially a parent who really mm -hmm. loves loves their kids and believes in them. I, I get what I'm saying is I get why parents oh, yeah. are like, hey, let me steer you this other direction because this stuff might oh, yeah. not pan out for you. Totally. I'm just grateful my parents were kind of dreamers in a sense and said, man, go for it. Follow yeah. follow your heart. We believe in you. And yeah. um, I think not only did that help me succeed, but it also helped me take the rejections better. It was like, oh, cool. like the, we're talking about the Toby thing yeah. and Rebecca, the auditions that I didn't make. It was like I had this landing pad of like, okay, but I know, I, I know I've always got these people who I respect who believe in me and think I can do... Think I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So, um, like you I mean, had that behind you. I had that behind me, man. Yeah. I had that that encouragement and support behind me, not just in my younger years, but through my whole kind of real formative yeah. career years of yeah. college and beyond. Studied music in college. Yeah. And started traveling. And my wife has been a big part of that too. She's always been. I couldn't have done it without her in terms of the support of the touring lifestyle, being out yeah, on man. the road. You know, two hundred totally, days a dude. year. Like it is all. Yeah, it is all thanks to us, uh, your wife. Yeah, like, it really is. Big like, time, that's what man. it comes down to. I'm convinced of it. Super supportive. Could not have done it without her. She totally picked up the slack when I was gone. Yeah, man. Never like complained about it. We had to work through some stuff, like some dynamics of that. But um, my wife has been uh, just such a. Man, tell me in, about invaluable gift and support to me in that way. Uh, man, okay, so you say you have to like work through some of the dynamics. Is yeah. there anything that like, stands out to you? Well, yeah, like, that me, relationship? yeah, mostly me being gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, me, literally me being, my non-presence. Me being absence, yeah. absent. Yeah. Uh, me being absent. Did man, that happen? I mean, would, did that discussion happen uh, like before kids? Or was it that always? It happened some before kids, but especially yeah. after kids. Yeah. Um, but again, she never made me feel guilty. Yeah, she, okay. never made, she just made me, like, it just came to the point where, like, okay, we've got to talk about this. You're home, you're starting to raise our daughter on your own. I'm gone three three weeks at a time. I was never complaining. I just was always so grateful she was like, if we had to have a talk, 
because I'm tired and I'm I'm pulling a lot of weight here. Yeah. And if I'm honest with myself, and I had to be honest with myself, it was like the road was fun and easy. Yeah. It's like I, I for a while I tried to be like, hey, well, I'm out here working, I'm <laughs> making money, like I'm working hard. Yes. And if I'm honest, with myself, this is this is awesome and easy. Mm-hmm. I'm hanging with bros. I'm hanging with good people. I love the music. I mean, yeah. you know, kind of a ministry thing. So I'm help. I'm helping people. Hopefully, um, it was not. I mean, maybe you can start complaining about airport security. Sure. And yeah. Like, sure. Oh, man, we it's really, really not hard work, man. <laughs> really not hard work. So, um, so in light of that, yeah. she just never made me feel guilty about it. She was always supportive. We'd have conversations like, "Hey, it's getting hard at home," and especially when we had our second kid, uh, Liam. My son came along. It was like it was more for me a recognition of talking to guys a decade ahead of me in their 40s, going, "Man, I got I got a son who's now 13." They'd be telling me this. They'd be saying, "I got a son who's 13," and man, Ben, I don't have many memories with him. And that that stuck with me. It was like, okay, not like an alarm, like I need to just quit everything I'm doing, but like just a just a check. When my son was coming along, my daughter was two. It's like it's it's probably it's time to switch gears, man. It's time yeah. to be. It's time to not give up music, not give up traveling altogether, but it's time to make sure I'm being a present father and husband. Mm-hmm. So I'm investing in these kids the way yeah. my parents invested in me. That's my most important responsibility. So it did not, for me, require giving up everything cold turkey and running from music. It just required saying no to more things, which was hard. It yeah. was hard, dude. But um, I've seen the fruit in that yeah. now, and I'm grateful for Man. seasons of life. Yeah, I mean, you see it. Like every picture... You, I just see of you hanging out and playing with your kids. It's the best. I just broke broke my shoulder last week. Did man. you really? Riding BM- Yeah, my shoulder is broken right now. Oh, uh, it's okay. What'd you do? I was riding BMX bikes <laughs> with my son. Yes. So we got this tr- this course by our house yeah. where he, it's like all he can talk yeah. about. He's so into BMX yeah. biking. And uh, you can. That's com- so awesome that he has like a passion already. Oh, he's like, so into it. He reads the magazines. Yes. He's six years old. Reads the magazines. Watches YouTube. That's yes. all he watches on YouTube. I mean, he's like, Dad, are we going BMX bike riding tonight? Okay, we're going. And the thing about BMX is you can compete at any age. So from three really? to 60, we got this track by our house uh, where you can compete in your own age division. He's well, not competing already, is he? He is competing. <laughs> he's got a trophy. He's loving it. So I started competing as well. <laughs> I moved from spectator to participant. And it was going good for a couple months. And then last week, I just got... I got run off the track by a pretty big guy. Busted no, so you were actually in a race. I'm in a race. I'm going Dude, for it, man. Come on. I, I got it. run off the track, busted up my shoulder, yeah. fractured my shoulder bone. And uh, so that's how I... It's, it was a week and a half ago. I just have to be in a sling. No surgery, oh, but that's... Dude. That's... Uh, so where's the sling? It's in my car. Yeah. I'm wearing yeah. it intermittently. Yeah. Didn't win it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want all these people on the podcast to see my sling. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. So it's the best, man. It's the best hanging, doing things with them. I truly love it. It doesn't yeah. feel like work. It feels like it was in my heart. One thing I was grateful for, my heart started to naturally get drawn. I had fears being a full-time musician of like, now that I have kids, I'm thinking about making this shift. Ah, man, it's going to feel like um, I have to force my heart to do this. I have to force my heart to be home. And I've just found over time that, like, man, my heart gravitates towards being with my children and investing in them. Where if I'm gone on the road now for some time, my heart is drawn back home. And if I'm out on the road, I better be doing pretty valuable things other than just, like, hanging out. Yeah. Um you know, having a bunch of free time. Mm-hmm. I want to be productive on yeah. the road. I want to, I want to have things matter. Yeah. You're not and then it's just like free, just like I'm going to find a coffee shop. Yeah, it used to be, used to be, used to be like, like, you know, we used to love tours when we were like single guys or young marrieds going, man, I'm yeah, just going to go. Got a, got a gig on Thursday, but then we got like two days off. Yeah. We're going to hang around and check out Seattle. We're going to figure out, you know, we're going to yeah. figure out San Francisco. Oh, yeah. Those were no regrets, by the way. Yeah. No apologies for that or regrets. Those were awesome times. Totally. 
But now I'm just grateful. What I'm saying is I'm grateful my heart has naturally gravitated towards, okay, been out for a couple days. I want to be home with my family. You're not making me go home. I want, that's exactly where I want to be. Oh yeah. That is funny how that just naturally changes your mindset with that. It was a little bit of a surprise to me because I love the road. <laughs> yes, I totally. love the road. Just, is, the road is fun, man. Man, that's true. I mean, I don't know why. If you, unless you are com- like the biggest introvert, but if you're single, there's no reason not to live on the road. I mean, just to be able to get to travel it's and the dream, do that. Man. It's the dream. It's yeah. unbelievable. Which is funny. Okay, that that juxtaposition of the making it equals going on the road. That's like the ultimate goal is to get good enough so you someone will ask you to go tour and make that possibility. Yes. So that's the first thing. And then all of a sudden, you've been living your life or your initial career for so long trying to get out here. And all of a sudden, you're married and you have kids and then you're like transitioning and trying to figure out, okay, everything has been working towards this. How do I make a stable local career, if that makes sense? Like, yeah. How do I make something that I can be home and still make music and I don't know, feel fulfilled in that. Yeah, for and me, you've done it. Yeah, for me, a lot of that was was in um, really loving the studio side too. Mm-hmm. So getting getting involved not only as a producer, as best I could. Really, I was fumbling around figuring out what I was doing. But as a producer and then as an engineer in the studio and buying my own gear and building up my own studio, learning learning how to record people, yeah, and making a bunch of terrible sounding mixes. <laughs> yes. And then like that was always in the background of my recording or my touring life. And then the two kind of started to like live simultaneously where I was doing pretty much really? as much touring as I was recording and producing and yeah. mixing but but recording and producing and mixing is something I could carry through to my my not later years I don't want to say it that way my next <laughs> your phase your later BMXing not later, years yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <I'm>, racing you <laughs> I'm having a midlife crisis racing BMX bikes my son uh, no 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 where I could yeah. carry it through to beyond the touring life yeah. beyond, the, beyond the steady touring life yeah man that Man, that one. is interesting to hear because I guess I just saw, I mean, knowing you, I just, you just assume that comes naturally. So I didn't see the years of like you traveling out and then doing stuff at home, putting out really crappy mixes yes. and doing stuff and like that, like the work that kind of gets up into the point where you're steady and stable with it. I just find that interesting because there's this assumption that just everybody right you're just naturally good at it's something like, it's and like then you, the doors it's, open but man I'm convinced pretty much everything you have to work at super hard if you want to be really good at it. you do see, think people have natural talent mm-hmm. maybe there's a vocal thing I often, I'm a little jealous jealous of like great vocalists not that they don't have to work hard but mm-hmm. somebody who's born with a natural tone to their voice that's just like wow just makes people sit yeah. back in awe yeah that's, there's some natural gifting there too but but you, see, you look at public speakers where it just looks so natural I think of this often like, you look at a public speaker, like, man, what, what a pro. How natural. Mm-hmm. I've, I've just seen behind the scenes more and more how much those guys work their butts off. Yeah. For hours and hours, practicing, trying new things, refining the craft of communication. It's really, it was really the same for me with recording and engineering. And, and probably, you know, a lot of my learning was as a guitar player. Yeah. Watching other engineers and producers that I was playing guitar in the session, I'd yes. observe stuff that they're doing. What knob are they turning there? How are they compressing that? What is he thinking about... As a producer, I'm making all these mental notes that I would try out and experiment with at my yes. house. I'd get yeah. a simple recording setup, yeah. invite my my singer songwriter friends to come over, say, "Hey, I'll put together a band. No one's getting paid. Let's just record some of your songs, and I'll give you something that's a good demo for you." Yeah. And in the process, I'm going to learn more about what it means to be an engineer and producer. Yes. And I accumulated those experiences over years, and eventually started recording and producing yeah and that, that's a big part of what I Man, do did you did you recognize that early on that 10,000 hour rule it sounds like what, that's what you're talking about did you recognize that 
early on, or is it something you no. discovered after it's already having I, done it? It's something I just loved and got addicted to. That's the best okay. way I can put it. I got addicted to the process, not out of like I'm oh. shooting. Not out of really, I'm shooting for a goal or anything. Yes. I just, I just, I want to sit up and shape these sounds and make yes. this sound better. That's, that's really was the motivating factor. So I got addicted to the art of producing and mixing, and loved it so much that I just put a bunch of time into it. I didn't have any necessarily like a career goal end game in mind. Yes. I just really enjoyed doing it. So I kept it doing so it much. and people started to ask me to do it more. So yeah. I said yes and mm -hmm. so kept doing it. And yeah, I had some moments of like uh, thinking my mix was great and then like <laughs> matching it up against something else going, holy cow, this is garbage. Yeah. And so you got to go through that. What do I need to change? You're learning all the time. There's always this learning curve going on. And the more you keep digging in, hopefully the more opportunities you get. And yeah, uh, but for, yeah, for me, it wasn't it wasn't a goal. It wasn't like a, and I didn't go to school for for yeah. producing or engineer. It was just I just got addicted to it. Yeah, man, that's so cool. And I dumped in hundreds of hours, trial and error, taking notes from other guys who were great. Yeah. I had that. I think that was a particularly cool window I had as a session guitar player. Like guitar was my thing. Yeah. Guitar is what I could bring to the table early on. It was kind of professional. Yes. <laughs> At a certain <laughs> level, yeah, it's yeah. like people were hiring yeah, yeah. Me to, hiring me to do sessions or yeah, play yeah. for them. So in that process, I knew that man, I really like this other side too, and I, I'm just going to keep as a guitar player. I'm going to keep cataloging, making mental notes of what they're doing, so I can. Maybe someday on my laptop, or at the beginning it was my four-track tape machine, my Tascam four-track cassette player. Yeah. Start to do overdubs, start to think about yes. how to put together a project. Man, now that I'm looking back at it, I feel like I got to see kind of some part of that where... I mean, I, I was, I felt like so awesome. Like when I got to do like a couple session things with you and like Wayne was engineering yeah. and just the realizing, seeing moments where either Wayne had to step out and you were like, well, just actually let me, I'm going to sit in here. Uh, and you would like sit down and like, there uh, it is, man. I was just in that room today. So nostalgic, man. I, I actually yeah, look, just texted this picture desk. to Wayne. I texted look at this, this desk. I know. <laughs> it's so goofy. It's a little different now. It's just like an iPad right there. <laughs> I know. It used to be the console. Totally. It's but so that inspiring. room, man, I texted this to uh, to yeah. Aaron and to Zach and to Wayne, but just like, man, we, we cut our teeth in there. Just learned, just sent this to him literally a couple hours ago. Just so many, just learned so much, made so many mistakes in this yeah. room. Yeah. Like that was so influential, that room to me too. Like that was the biggest education happened yeah. in those like four walls. Of like being in there and just like the same thing you're saying, like cutting your teeth. Totally. Behind you guys. Yeah. And getting to see, like, that was the coolest thing for me of like not only getting to be in there with necessarily peers, but I got to be in there with you guys in front of me. Yeah, and you, you always soaked it up, man. You always had the eye of the tiger, like trying to get better, trying to grow as a bass player, musical yeah. mind. Yeah. I mean, I saw that progression for you over years. Like we did, I think the first session we did was Brad and Rebecca's, Michelle's first album. Yes. Maybe that was like yeah. the first, me, you, and Vinnie Thomas. Dude, it totally was. And uh, but then I remember, you know, you were you were young, kind of new to the studio, good bass player, but like really really eager to learn. And then I remember doing it. Keep a, going a, with this. Keep going. Yeah, keep, I'm going. Keep I'm just going gonna, hey, this is your podcast, so I'm trying to really pump you up. Just and a couple years later, anyways, you were one of those guys. You see those guys who have the eye of the tiger in terms of they love doing it, and they just they want to keep getting better. That's so key too. Yeah. It's like guys never thinking they've arrived. I've never arrived. No one ever arrives, I think, is one of the key ingredients to going, okay, I, you, you never arrive, you just keep getting better at what you do. So that keeps you in the, in the posture, in the frame of mind yeah. of like soaking up new information yeah. as opposed to being defensive about it or closing closed off to it. Man, that is so well put. Uh, 
I'm just thinking of I'm thinking of you saying that, and I'm thinking my perspective on it. And I wish I would have realized, you know, and no one ever really feels like they've arrived. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's interesting that you say that because I feel like I totally did have that. Like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna vacuum the studio if I have to. Like, if it gets me in there while other people are doing takes, cleaning, whatever it is, I want to be in there to experience that process. That's that's exactly the attitude and yeah. love for it that it takes, man. Totally. I Meet mean, a lot of guys with with talent and passion and ability but they're not they're not willing to go that extra mile yeah. and really like push for just being around it yeah. being in it learning soaking it up yep. and that's really the missing component I find for a lot of guys who are, have some talent have some skill they just find themselves frustrated after a certain amount of time like why didn't it work out for me Yeah. well you gotta be a cool dude you gotta be relationally you gotta be able to like hang with people and be, yeah. ni- be nice to people yeah. be kind but then there's other there's also this, this X factor this eye of the tiger where it's just like I'm, I, addiction's a word that I don't love to use because it sounds like a negative connotation, but you've just got this this positive addiction mm-hmm. to it, where you just you love the craft of it for what it is. You're not thinking peripherally about a career so much. You're not thinking about um, you're not turning it into dollar signs only. You're thinking, I just want to be around this. I just yeah. I absolutely love doing it. Yeah, and it's worth it's worth it for my soul just to be close to it, even if I'm not the one in the spotlight. Man. And I, I just I just guarantee that like that's one of the key ingredients to a long fulfillment and happiness in whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. But we're talking about music and the yep. arts right now for sure. Man, well, you know it's funny that you say that because so I did I started this podcast and so I've been getting texts like all my musician friends, it, not all, but a huge majority of my musician friends. When I started doing this podcast, the first question they asked was so can you make money doing podcasts and I it was such a weird question to me at first and I didn't know why there was a weird question it made me it like almost like threw me off kilter like uh, mentally like I don't know why I, that just catches me off guard and I thought of it and it, it's because a lot of people approach music that way and all everything like oh can you make money can you make a career out of this and it's the wrong question to ask like why don't you see all the other values of it and are you passionate about it? Are you passionate about having these conversations or whatever it is you're doing? Let that be first before the career, success, money side of it happens. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with I that. I mean, I think I think finances, I think especially as you have a family and kids and you have responsibilities, it becomes more of a factor, but I don't think it should ever be the factor. Or you should you should absolutely do you should fight for what you're saying yes. in all phases of life. Yeah. Fight for it. Man, um, I don't want to leave my family out in the street. So yeah, does money, money and future planning play a part in my thought process? Maybe now more than it did. Yeah, it does. But I never want it to be the factor. Yeah, and that factor, and those questions just come later. I think that just like people, I'd love. I wish I would realize. I wish people oh, would realize right. that comes down the line right. when you're already the ball's already rolling. Then you can steer. That's right. That's why I always encourage guys in their early twenties, yeah. man, get out of here. Like, go do something, have totally. an adventure, yes. live off food stamps. Um, you know, eat ramen or tuna or whatever, like whatever it takes. Like, don't be thinking like, okay, I got a plan for, I mean, maybe this is, I don't know if this is good advice or not, but I'm shooting from the hip. I really believe like when guys in their early early 20s come to me and they're like, man, I just want to make sure I have the right plan before I take a step. I want to make sure everything laid out. Oh, man. I'm thinking about the, like, man, you should be going out and have an adventure right now because you're going to have yeah. re- responsibility only increases in your, as you keep going through life. So like yeah. now's your time to, man, move to Nashville or try a tour or take hundreds of hours for no pay just digging and learning what it means to compress yes. a drum set or to EQ certain things you know to learn learn about the whatever it is you're like you said that you're passionate about now's the time man Seriously. go go for yeah. it don't don't be thinking too 
um, don't don't be unnecessarily held up yeah. by or, or paralyzed by future planning. Man, that's awesome. Because I mean, how many guys that you know that are maybe now your age, same age as you, that once set out to do music, but maybe you probably saw a ton of people like overthinking everything. Maybe the for initial gigs, they were like, well, I'm not going to do this session unless you pay me a certain amount of money. Like asking a ton of money, putting the cart before the horse when they first get first going. I had to do so many sessions. I don't say had to do, I got to do. Because I really didn't feel like it was like, okay, I'm paying my dues until I can get paid. I got to work on so much great music without getting paid for it. Yeah. That was so important for me to not even care about. Seriously. That like, that like helped, helped me become the musician I am today. And that, that is it's true. If you get your eye on the ball of money too early or entitlement, man, entitlement's huge. Like, I'm entitled to anything. Like, it's such a gift to do music at all, much less to be paid anything to do it. That's crazy talk, man. And if you look at the history of humankind, to be, like, paid to do music, to, to have any sense of entitlement, you got to just recognize that's a, that's a modern human stupidity that's evolved yeah. just because we've, we have had the privilege as a society of having music and having money behind it, like... It's just, it's just yeah. a gift, man. And you have to have the mindset, you're right, of, of like any sort of expectation. In time, in time, like that can come. But man, early on, I spent just, just hours and hours and hours getting to learn the art of music and guitar playing, mm-hmm. being paid zero dollars for it. And I loved every second of it. Man, your entitlement comment is so interesting to me because I think of... Um, I just find it so interesting how the human, the human brain, or the human personality, or whatever it is, existence, how quickly we get used to a way of life, or like a season of life, or whatever, and then expect it. And I don't know what that is. I wonder if that's just our need to feel like we're moving forward. Well, I don't want to break that down too much, but yeah, no, I, th- I think so. I think we get we get uh, we get used to things. I used to call it like the human problem with familiarity. We become familiar, and the familiar becomes mundane and not as exciting. There's part of that that keeps the adventurous spirit in us to like keep, you know, certainly it's part of what's pushed us to new frontiers in science and medicine and the arts. It keeps us pursuing creativity. But on the flip, the unhealthy side, we can potentially become, uh, whether it's with our relationships with the people, yeah. our husbands and wives. Dude, I was just thinking that when yeah, you were saying like, that. Like yeah, it's like we, at least my perspective on it, I have to constantly remind myself. I say remind myself by actively taking stock in like, man, I've got a ton to be grateful for. Yeah. I've had, my, my wife and I have been married 15 years this year. There's so many opportunities I could and potentially do take her, take her for granted. I have to actively remind myself, wow, what, a, what, an awesome, what an awesome person. There's so many things that I love about her. The active, active re, actively reminding yourself why you love the people you do, mm-hmm. why you love what you get to do. Because the feeling of newness and excitement won't always be there. Sometimes it will, but we can confuse familiarity with a loss of passion. I just don't feel passionate about it anymore. Well, that's because you haven't reminded yourself how awesome it is to do it because it's, it's just become familiar. That's a human normality that just happens. You just have to recognize uh, it as something to, to guard yes. against and fight against yes. and go, I need, to, I need to discern between the difference of this just, I'm just not passionate about this versus... I am passionate about it. I've just the feelings worn off. And yeah. I need to remind my heart constantly. <laughs> Familiar and passion. I've never thought of that before. Yeah, like blowing my mind. <laughs> Man, okay. Is there? Can you think of a? Is there a time recently, uh, like in the past year, that you can think of where you found yourself being familiar with something that you had to actively? 
I do it daily. Or is it daily? I do it daily. The more I live, the yeah. more I'm prone to do it. With my wife, I'm prone to take her for granted. With being able to do music for a living, I'm prone to take it for granted. With my kids, I, I am prone to mm -hmm. take everything for granted and to be potentially entitled. So that is that is not, not I'm not worried about it, but it's just constantly at the forefront of like, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in a posture. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause in the midst of the, my busyness. Pause in the midst of when I feel like I'm being overwhelmed or overrun with the busyness of life, and just go, man, super grateful, super grateful. I know if these things were gone, I would be, mm. I would miss them dearly. So so. Better start giving giving thanks for them not just once but every day. So do you have like practice of that? Like a time? Do you take mornings that when you're driving to work, or is there a time, or you just try Dri to keep that part of your drive time? Actually, is a good time for me to mentally kind of process and take stock and just just like put myself in the right headspace. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know if that was just part of your like psyche that you try to keep in the front of your brain, or if you have like practices to pull that forward. Well, with at people, all. yeah, with people, I try to verbalize it to them as much as I can. To my mm -hmm. wife, try to verbalize it either. Either verbalize it or put it in writing, mm -hmm. which I don't, I, I don't. I do not mean to paint a picture that I'm like I'm doing this all the time, like all these great um, box of chocolates for my wife and flowers every morning. I'm not doing that, but I try to try to verbalize it to the people I love and not withhold that. Try to verbalize it. Try to tell you, man, I'm grateful, grateful for our marriage. Hey, I'm grateful to make music with you. I respect what you do. What, what how awesome! Thanks for thanks for we share this. Mm -hmm. Try to not withhold verbalizing it and sharing it with others man um and then uh with the stuff it's just a mental thing for me drive time's a good time for it i like getting out in the mountains and hiking i really like getting on my motorcycle and going mm. up in the mountains motorcycle time is a good time for me to just mentally within my own head just go wow put myself in a place of going there's, there's so much great stuff in my life man it's crazy grateful. how meditative of an experience yeah meditation that's yeah, a good, a good is yeah of writing is because it forces you to do you ride? be in the moment. I do. Yeah. I've been doing the past couple the past couple seasons. My bike's been out of commission. I don't know if another summer can go by to not to not get on it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it just forces you to be like you have to be. I oh mean, it sounds so cheesy to say one with the bike. Yeah. Or like one with the road. Like you have to be there. You can't be. Your mind can't be just floating elsewhere. And it can, I guess, but you're there in the moment. Yeah. It's uh, the best. Not to make it too cheesy. It's or the like, best. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's not, man. I put in like my earbuds in, put a little uh, instrumental playlist. Like Tyco is one of my favorites on rides. Yes. Tyco stuff or just other instrumental stuff. I listen to stuff with words too, but the instrumental thing just gets me like looking at the landscape, not too distracted. It just gets me in a zone that I love. Yes. Up in nature, up in the mountains. And that helps me in my, yeah. my meditation to really like... Man. Not have a bunch of noise in my head, but to kind of clearly focus in on what's important. Man, I, that's cool. Yeah. Man, I you said something earlier uh, that everything just takes time. Like, give it time. If you want to be in shape, it takes time. Like, you play the long game. Like, hustle right now, but play the long game uh, with your patience, yeah. if that makes sense. And yeah. like, like, everything you're saying musically is like that, too. I wish I would have known, like, okay... Hustle right now, but at the same time, like play the long game, patient wise, uh, and trust the process. Which I love all that stuff you're saying. Yeah, I think that. I think what, again, what really helps with that is loving the day to day. Like really love what you're doing in the hustle. Yeah. And in the day to day, so your mind is not fixated on. Well, I just want to get there. I want to get to the end goal. You can't control the end goal, man. You can you can set. I think it's good to set goals for ourselves. That can be helpful. 
But I think it's it's so key in the mental the mental phase you're talking yeah, about yeah. that I love the day to day. Yeah. Regardless of the goal. Yeah. Because that's going to be my fuel to like not one not get burnt out and two just not be distracted by okay but what's the end game where am i going to land at where's like the landing spot it's not about the landing spot it's mm -hmm. about it's about are you loving every day you wake up and get to do yeah. what you get to do yeah if you do that good things are going to happen man i don't know what i don't know what the end game is going to be i would never promise anybody that's going to yeah. equal a career in music yeah. i would not promise that yeah but life's going to be good totally life's going to be enjoyable you're going to yeah. you're going to be have lower anxiety Lower, um, lower worry level, worry and anxiety. Yeah. And to me, that equals uh, probably a more profitable, healthy way of life. Yeah. Something people would not necessarily take from two early gray-haired men. <laughs> <laughs> Look at us with all of our gray hair in our thirties. Hey, yeah. tell me about lack of stress in your life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Lessons uh, learned, man. It's from lessons learned. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, I feel like. Man, okay, I was, I, mean, I was telling you, or the November thing. So Yeah, I had, unpack that for me a little bit, man. You're talking about, like, I had a breakdown moment. And, yeah. Like, I, I love the transparency with that. You had a moment well, where Well, I wouldn't say you. it to anybody. I'm not saying I keep it on this. <laughs> you need uh, to leave it in I here. But feel, I, yeah, I feel like I could, I mean, I've, considering the lack of time I've spent with you, like, we've never done overnighters. We've never done boys' slumber parties. Okay, <laughs> 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 take that off I, here. Uh, we've never done that. I don't do well, those with we anybody. Haven't, <laughs> we, we, haven't, we haven't done the group showers on tour. Let's just oh, say We haven't. Right. Man, we have right. so, a certain like, level of closeness. Man, but. that you can't get outside of yeah. that. Man, but at this, uh, like, I feel like I've always felt like this other, like older brother. Like, like I, so that's why I only bring it up. Uh, man, okay, so, so November happened. And I had this, like, it, like all this stuff hit me. All these, like, emotions and stuff I, like, struggle with or, like, were in the back of my mind of like self-conscious stuff all just seemed to come just right to the front of my mind and man I was like I just questioned everything I'm like man what am I doing like what am I doing with my life like this whole music thing I I um, I had that thought that all these things you're talking about like wanting to be home and with your kids man I remember two years ago I was at during our Asia tour with Owl City and we were in Shanghai I got. The, I just got the, this tattoo that day in Shanghai. They put us up in this posh hotel room, and there by myself, staring at the ceiling, being like, "Man, this is really cool. This is like the, one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me." Mm -hmm. But Sarah's not here, and I don't want to live my life like we're best friends, and I don't want to live my life only making money if I have to be away from Sarah. Yeah. At night, and I just remember this crazy parallels in the same time of like highs and lows in the same moment. Thank you. I'm gonna do some of these wings, an order of these wings too. Two orders of wings. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, so it just was this huge like, what am I doing with my life? Like, like have I made a mistake? Like making this music goal like a big like goal even like what? Yeah. What am I doing here? So that all came to be, and out of that, over months, like I'm really thankful for it actually, because that is the only way. If I would have been like stable and not having to think about things, I would never have started this deal. Like the opportunity yeah. to sit down with you right yeah. now and do this podcast, man. And so it's just weird. It's been a ride. Change can be a blessing in disguise, man. Can, it can hurt a little bit. It can feel a little uncertain. But uh, totally, oftentimes, dude. the more I live, I find 
change that I was uncertain of or that seemed like, uh, man, I'm not going to like this as much, brought about new seasons of fulfillment and enjoyment that I didn't even see coming. Yeah. And again, it didn't always mean like a death to the, yeah. to the old. It didn't mean like, okay, music's done now. Yeah. And now I'm a family man. Okay. So, <laughs> it didn't mean that yeah, for yeah. me. So was there, okay, give me an example of a time. Is there a specific like story of a time where you had that thing where you were kind of like it wasn't necessarily all positive like this is a great next thing like you're questioning stuff. oh Have yeah you ever- yeah man there was a year it was quite painful to go i'm gonna give up i was on the road 200 250 days a year traveling with people i loved who loved me playing music that was good really good and uh, in front of thousands and thousands and thousands of people like huge crowds traveling on the luxury bus not in a weird way but just like nice accommodations nice travel it was stinking awesome that's awesome yeah, there was nothing I want. I wanted to give up about that. So I had, a, you know, about a year it was hard thinking like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna start to say no to some of these things. I'm gonna be home more so I can again be a present father. So you had husband. this feeling before before you started saying no. You had that you were having this feeling of like almost like okay, this is coming. I feel like I need to start saying no, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, yeah. Because I, I always said yes to everything, which is yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. By the way, going back to the early 20s, yeah. I, I'd encourage everyone to do. Don't say no to anything. Mm-hmm. You need to say yes to everything, even if you feel like it's not worthy of your time. That'll change later on. <laughs> but like early on, I would say like, like man, you need to be saying yes to everything, not like being selective. Yeah. Like the music, yeah. Anyways, that's another topic. But for me, it was like, okay, I need to start saying no to things. And start saying no to more things, and that was hard. Because that felt like the fear of, if I close these doors, will it mm. ever come around again? I'm out, like, I had opportunities... Yeah, I had yes. some great opportunities. I'm playing on the road all the time. Traveled the world many times. I've seen half the countries in the world. Probably I've been in um, or a third. I, I don't know. I've been a lot. I've been a lot. I've seen a lot. Um, and so the thought of having to giving, turn that giving down, that slow up, it down, saying yeah. no, it's like, yeah. is the do- okay, is the door going to be closed now forever? Well, maybe, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it isn't. But it's not for me to know. It's for me to just say no to for now, so that I can create space yeah. for my family. And again, I had some—I had a little bit of like, ah, oh, geez, I'm letting this go. Like people would people would die for this, man. They'd cut off their right arm to be able to do yeah. this tour that I'm doing. <laughs> totally. So what helped me is to go on seasons of life. Seasons of life were helpful. Yeah. My 20s, the traveling I did, my early 30s, zero regrets, mm-hmm. zero. I wish I would have done this. Nothing but gratitude. And That's going, okay, so cool. new season. Yeah. I'm giving I'm I'm changing gears a little bit. Okay. But there was nothing wrong about either season. They're just yeah. different. Yeah. And I accept both for what they are. Yeah. Okay, so now you are in your mid thirties. Uh and Thank you for saying <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying mid. In your mid thirties of thirty seven. Mid, so you are so you're here, and you look back on that. Is there anything that you like know now that you wish you would have known then, or you feel like you're in nope. like a healthy? Nope. I have zero regrets and zero things. The the journey you can't know things that you you don't know. You can't know things except for through collective experience and through relationship. Oh, so so dude. so yeah. Dude, come on. <laughs> you can't know things that you don't know. You can't. You can't. So oh. so to have any regrets about like I wish I would have known this or that. Well, I didn't, and I couldn't have, because I, I've only learned it through further experience going yeah. down the road further. Yes. So to waste any ounce of energy or time on regret, I'm not into it. I'm just 
it's it's been it's been great, man. Mm-hmm. I've I've learned, I've I've grown certainly, but that's only come through time and experience. Yeah. And and, and relational investment and yeah. yeah, man, that is so awesome. That's so heavy. Dude, that's like a phrase that if someone heard going in the right season of their life, that's something someone would get tattooed on their body. You can't <laughs> know what you don't know. That's like so good, like that reminder. Uh, man, I feel that way. I mean, I know that way, and sometimes I feel like I have to bring it down from my head down here of like, like really holding on to of like not regretting where you came from. The question of, like, what would you go back and do differently if you could? Like, that is so absurd. Like, you can't play that game. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. wouldn't Man. change a thing. Now, does that mean I didn't make mistakes? No, I did. I, make mis- I made mistakes. But I learned from those mistakes. Yeah. Mistakes equal part of a, a big part of the learning process. Yeah, man. Perhaps even a bigger part than the constant positive uh, feedback that you get. Mm-hmm. Are the mistakes you make or the times that you're rejected, mm. going back to the idea of the auditions. Yeah. If you take them in a... Everything can be taken in a constructive way. And if you take it... Take rejections and failures in a constructive way, those are the times you learn the most, man. Yeah. So why would I want to give those up? Why would I want, why would I want to exchange that, those for yes. something else? I, I, I'm better now because of it. Okay. So what is... Hmm. Okay, what is like the most constructive mistake that comes to mind that you've ever made? Is there anything... That, like mistake that I've made. Yeah, something you say like something that at the time you you thought, man, I I wish I wouldn't have done this, but it panned out to teaching you something that That's totally funny. a really odd one sticks out to me that I'll share with you right now. I would now. love. This is really bizarre, but um, but it sticks out to me, and I think I have learned from it. Keeping your word. So I was really excited about music in high school. I had a band. Was recording my band, uh, our demo. My science teacher opened up his house. We had, had a four-track recorder. We we're all playing, and I had a friend who had a birthday party uh, the same day we were recording. And I said I'd be there. I said I'd be there at two o'clock, whatever. So two o'clock came. We're playing, man. We got a couple more songs. This is so fun. Four o'clock came. Five o'clock came. Six o'clock came. And all of a sudden, I'm going, okay, uh, man. I got. I'm starting to feel the way. I got to bust it out of here. I'm so late for my friend's birthday party. I went over to their house, and there was no one there except for my friend and their mom. And there was a little bit of cake left. And I just remember how devastated they were that I didn't keep my word. Because I said I was going to be there. I'm, I'm like, I was like yeah. one of their primary friends. I'm going to show up. It's your birthday party, man. I'm going to be there. Mm. And uh, I just remember the disappointment for them as well as just, not, not even disappointment. Because the excuse I made to them in the moment when I got there was, hey, sorry, sorry I'm so late, man. Just... We're having such fun recording our album, and if you could have seen the guys' faces, we're all so excited about the process. And uh, the, my friend's mom said, "Man, if, if you need excitement, why don't you just get him a dog?" And like everyone can be excited about like, the dog bringing joy. <laughs> yeah. That was like a little bit of a low blow. Come on, just a little below low blow. The belt. Here, here's yeah. the, the thing that stuck with me though was like, uh, so I made a little bit of excuse, but I didn't. I didn't keep my word. And, and that like cemented that moment cemented in your well brain. it's what I share with you now is the main yeah, thing that sticks I, I out mean, to me yeah so keeping your word in the midst of um, and that's certainly not the only time that's happened I haven't kept my word other times but keeping your word is like your word so, can be so valuable and you can make up for lack of keeping your word charisma and energy and excitement but really like I want to be a person of keeping my word and I guess that stuck with me as like huh I don't want to let a, a, a close friend that I really love and care about down that way ever again. Man, 
That is so awesome. And I have multiple times, but it's yeah. but, I'm, but I'm trying not to. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing of like the difference of recognizing between um, a habit and something that this is who you, this is part of what you do, like letting people down, or it was okay, the first make some mistake. It was the first moment I recognized I was pretty self-absorbed. Really? Which of course, yeah, 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 yeah. It was the first moment it really hit me like, wow, I am a selfish person, which of course we all are from birth and through life. Yeah. We are all massively selfish. But it was the first moment it hit me th- between the eyes like, wow, my making excuses for this and not keeping my word were completely wrapped up in my own selfishness. Yeah. So I guess that's the real takeaway lesson for me from that experience of missing my friend's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so deep. Man, I... That's a really random thing to bring up. That's that's the one that comes to mind. When you say that story, I relate to it in the sense of... Um, when you talk about being a man of your word, I think of my version of that. What I had to learn was it's better to be honest than it is to be nice. Such, like this ingrained in me, this need to be this person who... Uh, in conflict peacemaker resolve, peacemaker peacemaker totally, yeah totally yeah. resolve the conflict yep. calm it down no matter what you have to say yep. but at the same time uh, like being honest is better than like the same thing being a man of your word is the most important thing yeah that's a phone I call I was like, on right before we, right before we started having this conversation was with team dynamics and I was talking to the person who's running the team lead, yeah. leading a team of people yeah and they were asking me, what's, what's the biggest thing you would say as advice for team lead, like leading okay. a team of people in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. It was not, not avoiding awkward confrontations, hard, hard conversations. Uh, having the guts to go up to somebody and being honest, in love, mm-hmm. not, not having an agenda to beat somebody over the head, but, but, but really shooting straight if there's a problem and addressing it head on as opposed to just trying to just be nice and not totally honest like you, I, I, I agree with you like I affirm that that's, that's that's I think one of the keys to like people working together well and build, building trust I guess I put it, building trust you can be nice to somebody I can be nice to you I can sing your praises I can yeah. uh, say a bunch of flattering things I can we can you know that can build a certain level of trust to you, but when I yeah. come to you as your friend face-to-face, not behind your back, hmm. to other people and go, Rob, man, here's something that's going on that, like, I'm just having an issue with you on this, man. Can we talk this through? I don't have all the answers, but I, I just, here's something that we're, like, I want to confront you face-to-face. Yeah. No greater trust-building thing than, than times like that. As awkward as they feel in the moment. And letting someone know that you're doing it out of caring for them. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just shooting from the hip. Yeah, not, not being reactionary, yeah. Okay, like that sort of leadership and that leaning into conflict, has that been has that been a natural thing? No, I don't think it's natural for anybody. Um, I think people... Because sure as hell is not natural for me. Okay? <laughs> I appreciate, yeah. I, I really don't think it's natural for mm-hmm. anybody. There are some people who might have an easier time with it, but as far as like, hey, I love doing this, mm-hmm. I think if, if, you, if you really get behind everyone honestly... Like really, like tear tear down the mask, tear down the walls. No one loves doing that. So yeah. what I what I call it is practicing awkward confrontations. It takes practice. Anything you're gonna get good at in life takes practice. When you're learning to, when you're working out. Yeah. I don't know. Somebody's lifting weights. Like it, like, is that does that feel natural at first? No. It feels like you're you're wearing your body out when you run. Yes. When you're training for a marathon and you run a couple miles. You're like, man, this feels terribly unnatural. 
Like, I feel like I am, I am ruining my body. Like, if we didn't know, of course, we have the benefit of modern science and experience now to go, okay, no, that's just your muscles breaking down, then they'll build back up. Yes. But, like, if we didn't know that, we'd go, man, I'm, I am damaging my body. Yes. Okay, I think about communication the same way. I need to practice awkward confrontation. It doesn't come natural. Yes. Oh, and yeah. oftentimes, the healthiest okay. things... I'm eating Brussels sprouts right now. <laughs> I'm practicing Brussels sprouts. I don't want to be eating this. I want to lose a little weight. Yeah. Uh, I think the same. We, we shy away sometimes from things that don't feel natural as if they are bad for us. Communication, building trust, and be, being an honest communicator, but also building trust with people. The biggest component to me, yeah, you got to be articulate. You got to know what you're talking about. You have to have love and care for people. But the component that's often shied away from is this practicing of awkward confrontations because because I care about what you think about me, man. I don't want you to to, to not like me or I don't want you to like maybe talk about me to somebody else or like turn on me because I'm scared. Have the courage to go, Rob, I love you, man. I hope you know that because like, you know, we spent some time together. You're not a stranger to me. But We've hung. But, hey, here's something that's going on that I just... It feels funny, man. It feels like in the studio you've been. Uh... Which now is a great. Which now is a great time to bring Rob, anything I, up. I, yeah. I overheard you talking about me in the studio, and I, <laughs> uh, whatever the example would be, like, I, like, hey, man, here's something I'm bringing to your face. The talk back, Mike was on. Because I, yeah, yeah. And you didn't know it. It's <laughs> well, such a good one in the studio, man. Yeah, it's so good. Hey, I heard you talking about me. I was trying. I was trying to play my. <laughs> trying to play my best on the guitar in the other room just bearing my soul and I, the talk back mic was on and I heard you kind of busting my chops like with the rest of the room kind of making fun of my playing yeah. uh, hey that hurt that, that hurt man <laughs> that really really hurt bro yeah. <laughs> whatever the situation is I'm not going to shy away from it I'm going to lean into it because I love you and respect you and want your love and respect for me to grow too so I'm not going to say because I'm I'm pissed or I'm just like reactionary yeah I'm gonna say it because I want our relationship to grow and I respect you and I respect you enough to come yes. to your face as opposed to just like feed my own ego by going behind your back so yeah. that's, that's the key it's one of the key ingredients practicing awkward confrontations when you're talking about when you're talking about uh, practicing this by the way sorry one, can I add one more thing yeah to the last point yeah don't pretend to know stuff that you don't know um, know your stuff be passionate about your stuff, but also be quick quick to acknowledge stuff that you don't know and don't BS people too much. Okay. We've all got a little bit of that in us because we want to we want to know stuff. We want to sound like, man, I, I care and I'm, I'm the expert. And like, but the quicker you are to go, hey, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Rob. Like, or I need to find the expert. I need to, I need help in this area. That's just another thing I would encourage as a as a key trust building component. People going, okay, if he knows what he's talking about, he's going to speak with conviction. If he doesn't. He's gonna come forward with it pretty quickly. Does that make sense? It does. Like, yeah. um, I do have question. I, I am curious like you asked about me about fixing a car. Yeah. Instead of instead of like, okay, I know I know a little. Like, I think I know how to change the oil on my car. Mm-hmm. I know how to put the windshield wiper fluid in yeah. the tank there. Yeah. I know how to start the car. I know okay. how to fasten my seatbelt. Probably not a vacuum it. I haven't done that in a while. Um, beyond that. I'm pretty. I pretty much don't know anything about cars. Yeah, <laughs> you and me both. Yeah, I've filled up the tires with air. Yeah. Um, for me to go beyond my depth of knowledge, as if I know what I'm talking about to you with conviction or passion, yeah. cheapens what I actually want to communicate to you. So, for, so better for anyone in trust building to say, I, I don't know. Let's bring in the expert. Let's let's find someone who knows. 
not that, not that that needs to limit you or make you afraid of talking about things that are new to you or that you maybe don't know a lot about, but just don't don't go too far over speaking about stuff that you don't really know. That's that's a component. Dude, that is that's a trust building component too. That's good. That's something I really need to take to heart. <laughs> Man, that is so. Yeah, I struggle with that. If I'm being honest, because well, you're not okay, alone. well, tell the tell, give me your opinion on this then. So, where do you find the balance between the fake it till you make it and holding yourself? That's a really good question. It's a really good question. Um, I think there's a difference between being thrust into a situation where you feel uncomfortable and going, okay, I got to try to bring it the best I can. I'm not going to apologize for it. I've been in so many of those sessions. Almost every session I've been in, I feel like, what am I going to bring to this session? What, yeah. what, what new spark of creativity do I actually have? Yeah. I mean, a couple in particular, like a, a local session player here, Michael Bland, who's a phenomenal musician and tons of pedigree and history. Found myself in a couple situations with him that I found myself. Uh, I thought I had no business to be in, and you know, so and there's been there's been numerous like that where it's like, wow, really, you, you want to hire me to do this session? Yeah. Um, there is a difference between thinking that and following through and giving it your best versus verbally communicating stuff that I don't know what I'm talking about. So, for instance, if I went in that session with Michael Bland, I'm I'm starting to talk funk and R&B history beyond my scope. bland, yeah. Yeah, beyond my beyond what I'm actually know what I'm talking about, I discredit myself. Whereas if somebody asked me to come in and say, hey, I want you to do this session, I go, all right, I'm in, thanks. I don't apologize for it. I don't go, really, me? I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to step up the, the very best I can. Yeah. Do I feel like this is my wheelhouse? No. But I'm going to let them be the decider, decider of that because they've asked me to do it. Interesting. That's, there's a difference. Yes. Difference there between... I really feel out of my depth and out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to follow through anyways versus I'm going to try to pretend to you that I'm the expert in things that I'm not the expert in. Yeah. That makes sense? That's, that's that how I would make that distinction. That makes total sense. Yeah. As you say, let's put a bow on the recording side of this. Because yeah. that's, I mean, the things you said already is like, man, if someone would hear that, like in the right place in their life, that could change someone's like life it could, I would give an encouragement to someone that's like man I'm pushing but doesn't feel like things are opening up to me like I, I think of myself eight, nine months ago yeah. how much of encouragement this conversation would have been to me of like oh man okay yeah just like do figure out the joy of what it is you're doing and lean into that and never be closed off to discovering new seasons of joy so you can feel like in my early 20s I'm, I get addicted to music I go after recording yeah. producing playing I love it. Absolutely. There's nothing else I'd rather do. Okay. Then a new season comes. Always be open to new seasons and new loves. Yeah. I feel like that's part of the success of like, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm mid-30s again, so it's not like I keep being surprised by life and keep learning. But thus far, one of the several seasons, being open to new seasons and not feeling like, I feel like you're dying. Like this new season means death to what I really love. Like yeah. be, be open to some new ways that your eyes might be able to go, wow, I actually love this. Whether for you it's a podcast or for me it's riding BMX bikes with my son or doing, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying a bunch of new stuff in, in life currently that's like, ah, it's a lot outside of my comfort zone. Never, I mean, whether that's teaching, I never saw myself being like a teacher yeah. of guitar clinics or producer clinics or all this. Like actually like teaching people was like, huh, that surprises me. I didn't really, but I found that I love it. Yeah. So I think part of the key is like always keeping your heart and mind open 
to yes. not not that I have to give up the old thing, but like what's there might be some other stuff that comes along that like my, I might want to do too. Yes, that is so interesting to me because the thought of uh, realizing how much joy and like the same level of joy something else can bring as like doing music or whatever it is in your career. Man, okay, I'm gonna end it with this. All this right. part of it. And I was thinking about you while, before we before we chatted and before the, our conversation. And I was trying to think about our. It's so crazy you're saying all these things about impacting other people. Because I was, I was trying to define uh, my relationship with you and what that is. And I, I came up with a term because of you out okay. of it. And it is peripheral mentorship. Okay. And that is the sense of like you and I didn't necessarily have the sit-down one-on-ones I had with Ian or mentor like the like um, weekly meetings or coffee hangs to check up or something like that that people would think of typically, right? But the sense of how much uh, like you impacted my life and my the trajectory of my life, just how you hold yourself, like the peripheral mentorship, yeah, that is you, and I feel like embodies what I'm thankful for, like in our past experiences, if that makes sense. At well, all. Like yeah, that, man, that's, man that's, that, that's kind of you to say, man. I mean, it's kind um, of you to say. I'm glad. I'm yeah, glad dude. that that's yeah. happened. I'm glad that that's that's been yeah. beneficial to you and inspiring in some way, and. All I can say is that's that's I've, I've had much of the same on my own journey. Yeah, and so that's that's yeah. and I'm sure you have had that effect on others that you've been around. Man, I'm sure yeah. you have. I know you have because I've heard it from people's mouths. So that's the beauty of life, man. We keep keep passing on and keep sharpening and challenging each other yeah. through. And, and may we always lean into those relationships and the sharing of knowledge and information, yeah. and never hoarding it to ourselves as if it's like our corner on the market. And we always give freely with open hands and uh, and enjoy the journey. Man, Truly, yeah. So good. That's so awesome, man. Uh, man, well, speaking of leaning in, I'm going to turn this podcast off and uh, uh, lean into confrontation, tell you some things I've been really struggling and need to sure get off my chest. Off. <laughs> <laughs> turn turn off the tape and we'll practice some things I feel like you've been, <laughs> you've been struggling with. <laughs> Very personal, very dark things you've been struggling with. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say I feel really uncomfortable that you showed up to the Happy Gnome to do this podcast completely naked. It makes me feel uncomfortable. No one else is looking, man. <laughs> Everyone else seems fine with it. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated commented or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. 
Also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan. Whatever you you you, you know the drill. All right, enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast. Nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. All right. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. No. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.